Welcome back to the Work Miha podcast, a place for mujeres motivated to cultivate the life they deserve. I am your host, Sochi Carmona, founder of Work Miha, an apparel and accessories brand for Latinas who unapologetically celebrate their culture through empowering and relatable messages. Thank you for joining me and enjoy these inspiring conversations. Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Gabriela Cordero. Gabriela is the owner of Groove Chicago, where she teaches yoga, Pilates, and bar at the studio. The Groove Chicago is an inclusive community that centers women of color in wellness. I'm so excited to have her here on the podcast today and learn more about her journey. Welcome, welcome, Gabriela. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really, I love all of the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, I am so grateful to be here and I'm so excited to chat with you. Yes, yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have Gabriela here on the podcast and just learn more about this wonderful space that she has created before we get into some questions. We want to get to know Gabriela a little bit astrologically, as we like to do here on the Work Miha podcast. So we're going to share what we call our top three, our sun, moon, and rising sign. And your sun sign, which most of us will know, it's our birthday, which uh, describes your identity and where you shine. And Gabriela is a Sagittarius sun. So these people are known to be very optimistic, lovers of freedom, fair-minded, honest people. And her moon sign, which rules your body and your emotions, is a Pisces moon. We love a Pisces creative moon, very dreamy, lots of artist placements here, big empaths, so maybe sometimes a little bit of a chiona here and there, like let's just call it in touch with your feelings maybe. <laughs> and then her rising sign, which, you know, describes your motivation for life, is Aquarius rising. So our Aquarius are known to be those individuals, um, humanitarians, very intellectual, which, you know, maybe versus the emotionalness, but so that's kind of nice that you have your Pisces moon to kind of bring that together. But do you feel like, you know, this kind of um, makes sense for you? So I honestly, I think it's really silly when people say that they don't believe in astrology. And I'm like, you know what, that sounds like something a Capricorn would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah. in all honesty, I'm really, I'm really glad that I was able to kind of connect with my astrological sign really early in life um when I first started using the internet that was like the first thing I I searched for was like December 6th um Sagittarius meaning you know soulmates <laughs> all of that but it's been very validating to kind of connect with my astrological sign here and there um sometimes the things that they say are going to happen to you um it's not so much that you have to take it at face value it's kind of just like a little guide you know, kind of like, hey, something, you know, mm -hmm. is, might happen to you in this aspect of your life. Keep an eye out, you know, and it's it's nice to it's nice to kind of get a little taste of what might happen, um, possibilities that are coming your way. Um, it just adds a little bit more fun to life. And I and I definitely agree with all of my signs. Um, I think that they all describe me really well. And mm -hmm. I'm really glad that um, as a Sagittarius, we're kind of known as like being kind of really non-feeling and like we're kind of too cool for school type of thing we're very we're very intense people very passionate um but I really I really love to kind of go against what people expect of me as a Sagittarius because I am a very loving and caring person so but yeah that might be the Aquarius talking <laughs> to be different right right <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Well, now that we got to get to know Gabriela a little bit more astrologically, Gabriela, can you tell me more about who you are, you know, what you were doing before you started Grew Chicago, um, and how you kind of made that venture into entrepreneurship? Um, so I was a teacher for about four or five years before I started to really begin to feel very burnt out. Especially, you know, in this country where teachers aren't as valued as they should be. And I started to want to connect with myself a little bit more. I feel like some teachers might connect with me when I say this, but being a teacher and giving so much of yourself to children, especially if you teach like middle school, you kind of lose yourself a little bit. You mm -hmm. kind of begin to fall into that fishbowl life of just, just being a teacher. And as an educator, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And that mm -hmm. was something that I found myself doing very often. So I started doing yoga and Pilates when I was 15. My mom took me with her to the gym because she didn't just want me to stay home and watch mm -hmm. Disney Channel all day. So she took me to the gym with her and we started doing yoga and Pilates together. And this was something that was like fairly new back then. There was like no Pilates girlies yet. And so I went to college, I became a teacher, and I wanted to kind of get back to myself. And I started taking yoga classes at Logan Square Pilates. And I became so enamored by that studio life. It reminded me of when I used to do ballet and gymnastics growing up and being a park kid. And I wanted to be absolutely immersed in this culture. So I got kind of chummy with the owners and they offered me a front desk position. And I began working my way up as studio manager and I eventually left my job as a teacher because if you could believe it, uh, working for a yoga studio, you're probably gonna make more money than you are being a teacher and you're going to be a lot less stressed and overworked. Mm -hmm. So I left my job as a teacher and I took on a full-time position at this yoga studio. And it was more than a yoga studio or a Pilates studio. It was a community space. And it just reignited that love in me of being involved in community, creating community events. And I just realized that I was thrown back on the path that I knew all along that I should have been. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I always knew it. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs say that. Uh, they're like, oh, I always knew I was going to be my own boss. I, I always knew it. And it's and it really is true because I felt so free, so liberated. Small business life is not is it's no joke. It's not for the faint of heart. It's 100% not the easy way out. You leave a nine to five to work a 24 seven. But the that beautiful moment in that I decided to get back to myself, I had no idea that it would ignite and create this path for me. And so through that studio, I was able to receive a Pilates training, bar training, mm. and then the world shut down because of, mm. you know, coronavirus. So I had to pivot. And in that moment, I began manifesting that I wanted to create a space like the one that I had been a part of and that I loved. And I wanted it to center Latinas. I wanted to center Black women. I wanted it to center Asian women. I wanted it to center all women of color because as somebody that has been in yoga studios and Pilates studios since I was 15, I was almost always the only Hispanic person in the class. Mm -hmm. And 
forget about seeing Hispanic teachers or teachers of color. And so that's essentially what helped me begin to manifest and work towards that goal. So half the battle is manifesting it and visualizing it and believing it. And then the other very important half is to set out and make the changes in your life and reprioritize your life so that your, so that your choices reflect your priorities. And that's basically what I did throughout that entire lockdown. I literally locked myself down, began working towards a plan to make this happen for me and my community. Oh my gosh, I love that. And so you were featured on Block Club Chicago with the headlines, Latinas Build Community Wellness Spaces to Empower People of Color to Take Health into Their Own Hands. And reading this article, I kind of very much related to the feeling of not fitting in, like feeling like yoga isn't for me, as it's been kind of marketed as something to be more like Eurocentric, when in fact the actual practices and mindset of it all is not. You know, you have the yoga moms or whatever, but was introducing yoga to your community, you know, especially like as a Latina, that's something I didn't really see yoga Pilates, like that's something that I didn't grow up seeing, like, did you feel like it was a hurdle? Or do you feel like the demographic of members, maybe like millennials and younger are just much more in touch, maybe with seeking out those self care practices? Oh, absolutely. Um, especially as a Latina in our culture, we've We've been taught to continue to push through, to work really hard, and to prioritize work and school. And that's beautiful. It's great. But there is definitely a culture within our culture that kind of praises overworking mm -hmm. and praises a lot of sacrifice, especially <clears throat> self-sacrifice, and especially if the self-sacrifice is coming from women, which mm -hmm. it almost always is. Um, so... For me, I personally felt that it was super important to create this opportunity, you know? Um, did, I, did I expect everybody to kind of flock to my studio and create this beautiful community right off the bat? Absolutely not, because there's a certain amount of vulnerability that comes with throwing on yoga clothes, making your way to a studio with people you don't know, and then moving your body in ways where your body might not look as flattering especially now with social media mm -hmm. we've kind of been conditioned to look perfect all the time and for me I, I understood there was a huge hurdle in that sense that we need to really believe as people of color that we deserve self-care and that we deserve to prioritize ourselves in a way that our parents might not have you know our parents would work really hard come home take care of the house clean up and then do it all over again the next day Whereas our generation, as you mentioned, millennials, going back to what you said, we've kind of begun to kind of step back and kind of look at the world for what it is and be like, no, I need to prioritize myself too um, so that I can be the best version of myself. And that is really the main goal and mission for me is to help elevate my community to be the best versions of themselves that they can. Because when you begin to invest in yourself, you're able to show up as a full person the next day for your family, for your husband, um, for your wife. I honestly am just so grateful to be able to create a space that I would have loved to see in my neighborhood growing up in Humboldt Park, um, which is why, as you mentioned in that article, um, the Honeycomb Network was also featured in that article, and they're also doing the same kind of work, which is just helping people achieve being in touch with their most aligned self. 
and that's really what it's about. Um, but truthfully, there's a certain s sense of vulnerability that happens before you decide to take that plunge. And I've decided to make it as easy as possible. Like you're coming into a space that's soft and welcoming and friendly, and there's folks of all shapes and sizes and heights. <coughs> Me personally, I'm like 4'11". Um, I am this brown-eyed, brown-haired Latina girl. I don't necessarily fit what people would assume when they think of yoga instructor, but mm -hmm. I, I got past that. So now it's kind of up to my community to get past the idea that they might not look like the yogi that you might see on social media, but being okay with making yourself a priority enough to make it to class and incorporate movement and self-care into their daily lives. Mm, I love that. And I like how you specifically said millennials are stepping back and seeing the world for what it is, which is absolute shit right now. <laughs> um, but it's so true. And it's very much, I feel like it's just like, fuck this grind culture. Screw just like work, work, work and not actually enjoying life. Because if you don't step back, I feel like especially for like our generation, which has just been through so much like recessions, laid off, pandemics. You know, like, if you don't enjoy life now, like, when? You know, are you just going to work, work, work when you're, like, maybe too old to do it? So I love that, you know, you took a step back and are creating this wellness space. And while it's beautiful to have this community and this space, um, as a business owner myself, I understand that is no easy thing to do. And I feel like especially, like, financially, um, so all that goes into having a physical space, driving traffic, setting it up, leasing, like, how did you decide to fund this? Like, is this, you know, a mix of savings, investments, bank loans, like, and what it went into finding and leasing this physical space? So I always knew that I would open up my business. I always knew I just, I wasn't exactly sure how I would ever even start it. I always knew that I would. So I saved all of my money, um, all all of that you see at the groove is paid for and funded by me. And it honestly took a lot of believing in myself that I could do it to do it. And it was mm -hmm. it was absolutely kismet. So the day that I found my space, um, I was actually visiting a friend of mine down the block from the space. And I I actually live a couple of blocks from my studio. And so my friend lived about four blocks away from me. And she actually lived near the Cermak right there on Diversity in Pulaski. And I went in there to buy mm. cat litter. And I don't know if you're familiar with cat litter, but it's very heavy. And I was mm. making my way home with it. And I was like, screw this. I'm going to call an Uber. I'm going to call an Uber. I can't walk home with these two things of cat litter. I called an Uber, they canceled. I called another Uber, they canceled. And I was like, you know what? I am going to have to walk home with these two things of cat litter. And I wish the story was more glamorous, but really I was walking with these very heavy boxes of cat litter. At this point, I was like eight months into my search for a space. And I put my cat litter down mm -hmm. in front of a space, in front of a, an empty business. And I happened to look up and I saw that there was a for rent sign. And I was like, let me, let me check it out. So I called the owner. The owner was like, I can show it to you today. Um, I reached out to my dad and he was like, I'll come with you to look at it. So we walked in and my dad 
he's a typical Latino dad. Like, he likes to kind of make sure that I have all of my ducks in a row. He likes to make sure that I'm being cautious about whatever steps I'm going to take next in my life. But he walked into the space, he looked around, and he just said, do it. This is great. And it was a really beautiful moment in which, you know, I did financially fund everything, but it truly does take a village. It takes people believing in you that you are capable of this to be able to go through with it. And I did, and I signed the lease that very same day. It actually ended up being my late grandmother's birthday that day. So it made Mm. it even more special for me. It was almost like a sign from her, like, take, take this plunge, take this, take this journey. I'm, I'm going to help you. And I'm so proud to say that the impact that my space has made on my community has been amazing. And I'm just so grateful that that day that I didn't get to get an Uber and I was able to, <laughs> to do that. So the whole process of uh, signing the lease was very scary because he, uh, he locked me in for two years and mm. this was right on the heels of uh, the pandemic uh, the, the rules for the pandemic being lifted. So I had a lot of people Mm. trying to speak doubt into my, my plans, essentially, like you're going to open up a studio Mm -hmm. an in-person studio during a pandemic when, um, a lot of yoga studios did not make it on the other side of the pandemic. And so maybe it was Mm -hmm. a little bit of too much confidence, but I truly believe that I was going to be okay. And I did. So I signed the lease Uh, One of the first things I did was apply for the business uh, license um, through the Chicago uh, Small Business. Um, And then I went to LegalZoom. And I really cannot advise people to do things the correct way. It might take you a little longer to open, but making sure that everything is in order, like legal-wise, tax-wise, is so important. Like, make sure that if you are... starting a business, make sure that you're crossing all of your T's and dotting all of your I's so that it kind of becomes a habit to do things the right way when running a business. That way at the end, when it comes to tax season, you're not like in, you know, a frenzy, but truly it was because I was able to take that time to really think about what I wanted. And because all of this is driven from passion that comes from inside, um, I was able to move forward. And at the beginning, at first, it was really scary trying to build a base um, trying to invite people in the community back that cared enough to be a part of all of these community things that we're doing. But my people found me, and my members started to come. They started to sign up. They started to become monthly members, which is, like, such a, an amazing thing to, to do for a small business, you know? Mm-hmm. Not only are you going to spend your money with me once, but you're going to invest in the culture of the studio that helps to push people forward in wellness. So what I mean by that is every one of my studio members, everything that they pay goes to helping the scholars pay for their monthly classes. So my, my studio members are making the conscious decision that not only are they going to put themselves first, their well-being, but they're also going to help other people in the community achieve that, other folks that otherwise would not have been able to. So that's kind of how it all started, and it really snowballed from there. That's amazing. I love it. I love learning about that. And, you know, got a shout out to the cats for needing cat litter (laughs) or else who knows if you would have made that trip, found the space, you know, that it is now. And I, uh, and also like, wow, savings, you know, like just putting it all, it is a risk. Starting a business is a risk. 
definitely also starting a business during that time, a physical space, I can imagine. But I mean, hey, you're here, you're still standing, which is amazing. And, you know, have, just facing doubt, right, from others and just having to go with your gut, I think is really important. And, you know, like you said, starting a business, running a business, starting and then running and continuing to run a business is not for the faint of heart at all. It's not for everybody. Yes. You like that freedom and flexibility, which very Sagittarius. I'm also Sagittarius rising. So, yes, that's the one part that I love about running my business. But there definitely comes with a lot of challenges from opening to in between. And is there a challenge you faced when you maybe first starting that you had to overcome that you can share? So I'm not going to name the company, but I started booking my clients through a company. Um and almost like 70% of the yoga studios I've ever been to uses this specific app to mm-hmm. um, kind of run their schedule and book people. It's a thir- it's like a third-party processor. And mm. because the studio that I worked at before used it and they loved it and they were so like helpful online, I was like, I'm going to I'm going to use the same the same app. And I, what I didn't know was that it was based on tiers. So if you had mm. the lowest tier, you only got like the base of like the app. So people could register and things like that, but they wouldn't let people register directly. So what I mean by that is like, let's just say right now you go to my website, you find the class and then you hit book and then you check out and that's it, right? This mm-hmm. particular app would take my clients to a page that didn't even look like a sign in page. And people were so confused um, that they weren't able to sign up. So I had that huge, I had a huge black road during that time. Mm. Because one, because I was part of the lowest tier, they wouldn't answer my phone calls. And I secured a partnership with Athleta very early on in my, uh, in while I was doing this. And I decided to run a big sale for Black Friday. And you as a small business owner, you know that Black Friday is one of like the biggest days for sales. And this was like maybe three months into my business. And I had called them to let them know that I really needed them to help me create like a coupon code that people could use for faster checkout. And they made such a grave error that they accidentally, instead of making like a 50% discount, for example, they doubled how much everybody would pay. So the prices that I was kind of like marketing towards my audience, like, hey, if you buy a membership, Mm -hmm. you're going to get this athletic gift card. You're going to get the membership for $80. It was showing up as $160 on the website. And I was really upset. Mm -hmm. I was really frustrated. I was angry at myself for um, not realizing that I wasn't going to get the same bells and whistles as the old studio that I was working at just because I hadn't done my research, just because I kind Mm -hmm. of went with what I knew. And I was very hard on myself about that. It required me to do so much more work um, on the back end. And not to mention that I was locked in uh, to a one-year contract with them. So even after they made Uh. such a huge mistake, that cost me a lot of money. It cost me a lot of time. Um, Not only did they do that, but I wasn't able to leave. I had to continue working with them. So that first year was really difficult. It was hard on my clients because it wasn't a se- it wasn't a seamless transaction, essentially. It was like, mm-hmm. imagine somebody went to your page to make a purchase, and then instead of like immediately purchasing it, they were like redirected to another website, and then they had to re-sign in, oh. et cetera. 
So whenever anybody asks me what their advice is for starting a business, reach out to me. I will tell you exactly what what I use and what why not to use it because as a small business, a lot of these uh, third-party apps, they like to take advantage of you. They'll be like, hey, we'll bring you all these clients and it'll only cost you this much or it'll be free to you, but we have all these clients ready for you. And it's very, it's very sexy offer, but honestly, my mm-hmm. advice if I could have had anybody give me advice was start your website, work directly out of your website. Don't give a third party your money, Mm. anything like that. Um, Do your research and don't just go with what you know. Look for other options. Look for other Mm -hmm. solutions and other ways to solve the problems within your business because you might find a solution somewhere else that works better. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's... Sorry about that, but yeah, no, I get it. That is stressful, you know, like you can just imagine abandoned carts or just in general, it's, I've been there whenever testing out a new software and you try to test it out yourself, let me pretend I'm someone, there's only so much you can do until like something actually happens and it starts going and that that is just a stressful situation. Oh, but you've learned from it. Like, what can we learn? <laughs> now we know. And now you have some amazing advice for people, especially if you're, you know, a yoga fitness studio trying to use, you know, certain apps. Let's look into all of that. Oh, that's so annoying that they like locked you in for a year too. Cause it's like, usually it's like, I'm done with you. It's over, but you can't do that. Oh my gosh. Oh, but thank you for sharing. And, um, Dan, I can just imagine, I can just imagine how many other challenges you've had, but you know, when starting the business, you want to grow it. So marketing definitely comes into play. I feel like a lot. Some people have the background. Sometimes these are things you have to learn, whether it's social media, whether it's email, whether it's collaboration, sponsorships. What do you feel like for you? Was there like a marketing strategy or something in particular that maybe changed up like your business that just kind of really helped it like take off and just kind of meet that next level? Um, I, I kind of feel like my marketing strategy is just authenticity. I, I feel like no matter what marketing strategy you do, you could literally have a group of people that are feeding you the best PR, the best marketing tips ever. If you're not leading with authenticity and you're not kind of sticking to being authentic to your audience and to the people that you want to influence, it's never going to work. And so Mm -hmm. when I first started um, doing marketing, I started doing marketing when I was working for that studio that I worked for before. Mm. And one of the things that I noticed was in order to properly make people understand that, hey, you need to take care of yourself, you have to teach them in a way that's kind. So Mm. my marketing is always something where it's very approachable, very friendly, very, very nice. You know, nobody wants to be yelled at through, you know, no, also like educating people on what you're doing and why you're doing it is so important. And I found that that is probably the thing that drives people the most to engage with my studio is that they know that they're going to come to a place that's safe to learn. You have to create an environment that's safe for people to learn. So if let's just say, For example, let's just say you're selling soap. Let's just say you're selling candles. You want to educate your people being like, hey, this is why my candles, this is why my soap is different from everybody else's. And you want to make sure that you lead in such a way that people 
believe you because they know that you've been authentic with them so far. And number two, I try so hard not to center myself in my work for my studio because it's about my community. And I honestly have had a lot of people that ask me like, why don't you post more pictures of yourself? Or why don't you kind of do go the influencer right route with your with your studio? And for me, it's like, sure, I could and maybe I'd be able to get more brand deals that way or, you know, kind of um, maybe reach more people that way. Sure. But it's not about me. It's about my community. And so if you're somebody that's starting out, if you're somebody that's like, where do I even start marketing my business? Start by gently educating your audience about why they should buy your products and why it's going to benefit them but in a way that makes it seem like you know what you're talking about, but also if they have any questions about it, that they can go ahead and ask you or email you, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's something so unapproachable about social media these days um, that makes things feel really inauthentic. And I mm-hmm. really want to drive that home, which is that in my studio, you're going to show up and you're going to find just as safe of a place as you would online so that you can be vulnerable. I guess I kind of deviated from like marketing a little bit, but I, I'm a true Sagittarius. I put my passion and my feelings into everything that I do. So I always just kind of leave with the heart, even, even when I'm doing marketing, if I don't love a graphic that I'm creating, I will not put it out. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. And I feel like Sagittarius are very much the storytellers. So <laughs> it's just crazy sometimes. I was like, okay, yeah, we're definitely going to go into detail. Like we're going to get a story, you know, out of this. So I was like, we are good. I love it. Like I said, Sagittarius rising. So I was like, yes, I love, you know, you're going to deviate, but I feel like it also still kind of like flows and makes sense with everything. Like it's just not one little component. There's just so much more that kind of goes into it as well. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. And then, so, I mean, congrats on starting this amazing space for your community and continuing on with it. Um, If you can share, I'm sure there's probably a bunch, there's so much more that has to be done, you want to do probably, but what goals do you have for Groove Chicago? That's such a good question. Um, I hope to one day create this nonprofit. Um, I hope to one day make this a nonprofit if I can, because I, after, I mean, I've kind of grown up as somebody that wellness was very much centered in my home. My parents are the kind of people that wake up in the morning and drink like beet smoothies. Um, Mm -hmm. I was like shopping at Whole Foods for goat's milk when I was like eight years old. Um, I've been taking supplements since I was that age, like fish oil pills, things like that. And I feel like the pandemic has made people very, very aware that their health is truly wealth. And Mm -hmm. it's, it really bothers me that the more East you go in Chicago, like you go past like Roscoe village, you go past North Mm -hmm. center, Lakeview, Gold Coast, Wicker Park. It's like flooded with yoga studios. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a specific demographic and then you go West and there's another demographic, and there's nothing, you know? And I mm-hmm. just feel like yoga has so many incredible benefits, mental, physical, spiritual, that there really should be a yoga studio in every corner instead of a liquor store. 
And I would just love to be able to create a nonprofit centered around wellness or at the very least be able to continue my work. I do plan on expanding and I hope to move on to helping seniors with yoga. Actually, Mm -hmm. seniors are the group of people that benefit from yoga the most because of the way that yoga bends their bones. Mm. For children, the same thing. Yoga helped me develop a really certain type of confidence at a very young age. I've always been a very confident person, but when you're 15 and you're moving your body and you're connecting with yourself very deeply, you're able to make better decisions. And I cannot, I cannot, um, advise people to bring their young children, bring their teens to yoga. It helps them with their ego. It helps them with listening to their inner voice. It helps them with quieting their inner voice. And so I hope to continue and to continue making an impact on my community. And I think my life goal, aside from the groove, is to hopefully one day be able to open up a school in Ecuador uh, for impoverished little girls. Um, My family comes from Ecuador. they built everything that they have from the ground up, and I have always had this dream of just being able to build a school for little girls out there, a school that my grandma would have really loved to go to. A lot of us come from like backgrounds where our parents like didn't even finish middle school. Some of our grandparents never even went to school. So I think for me, my main goal is to just continue pushing forward, continue creating spaces where people can find wholesome connection, people can find wholesome and loving community, And yeah, that's kind of where I'm going for now. I'm super grateful to my community for having the same vision as me, for having the same love for their community. And people like you too, that really like, you know, your name is work, Miha. It could have been like, you know, let's do this girls or something, you know, but you you really like put your culture. (laughs) You really put your culture at the forefront of what you're doing. And that's really, really what it is about. You know, I... You know, you can sit around and watch the news and be really discouraged or you can be inspired and be like, I'm going to help the people that look like me. I'm going to help the people in my community. I'm going to help the people that really need it the most. And like, I'm just one person. I'm, I only have one yoga studio, but I hope that every time people leave my studio, they are a better person so that the world can slowly become a better place because we really need that shit. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like it, it really is. Yes. And if anybody out there is listening, go do one nice thing for somebody today. Honestly, like just go do mm. something good for someone. Don't even make a show of it. Just go do something good because the world definitely needs it. Yes, yeah. please. And thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. And so before we end this um, podcast, I wanted to go into some fun lightning round questions so you can kind of answer the first thing that comes to mind. So the first question is, what is your favorite me time activity? Oh, rewatching old novelas. I wish Ooh, I had a one? more diplomat, like a more educated answer, but I love rewatching old novelas because it just brings me so much comfort. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's me with Housewives. So yeah, same novelas. I should watch them in Spanish so I can practice my Spanish cheese myth, you know? <laughs> okay, next question. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? I have received so much advice, but one thing that will always stick up in the back of my mind is something that my friend Natalie Ortiz said a long time ago, which is 
practice amplifying what you love instead of bashing what you hate. And that honestly has been able to help me pivot a lot of my thoughts and a lot of the things that I say, because it's so easy to say a lot of negative things, but it takes a lot more effort to turn around and be like, you know what, instead of talking about the thing that I hate, I'm going to amplify what I love and I'm going to focus on that instead. So that is the best piece of advice I have ever received, which is amplify what you love instead of bashing what you hate. Shout out, Natalie. Okay, next question. What is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a business like yours? Listen to advice, but do what you want. Always do what you want. Do you, boo. I love it. Okay, next question. What is the best resource that has helped you along your business journey? This can be a book, a podcast, app, workshop, etc. I think being inspired by all of the women in my sphere, all of the amazing women that have businesses that also have other jobs or who have been able to create their businesses into their full-time jobs, that is honestly the most inspiring thing. Mm -hmm. I definitely, definitely agree. Okay, last question. Where can listeners connect with you online, in person, drop all the handles, websites, and or addresses? So if you want to learn more about the studio itself and all of that we offer, and you want to book a class, you can go to grooveshy.com, spelled G-R-O-O-V-E-S-H-I.com. If you want to follow us on socials, I am on Instagram, grooveshy. So it's at grooveshy, G-R-O-O-V-E-C-H-I. And if you want to come in for a class, it's by appointment only. So you have to go on the website. And when you go to class, um, you'll be able to ask me all the questions that you want. At the end of every class, I'm an open book. I have lots of people asking me questions um, about how I started, about things like that. So I am an open book. If you ever want to ask me, send me a DM, shoot me an email. If you have any questions, especially if you're a person of color, I am more than happy to make time and to talk to you, answer all your questions. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Gabriela, for joining us on the Work Miha podcast. And for everyone listening, make sure to check out Groove Chicago, especially if you're in the Chicagoland area. And also make sure to follow the Work Miha podcast to keep up with more amazing mujeres. Thank you, guys. And until next time, bye. Visit workmija.com, that's W-E-R-K mija.com to pick up your new favorite chingona fuel cafecito mug or our bet on yourself mija and no pares mija apparel for yourself and your comadres chingonas. Don't forget to follow Work Mija on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for fun Latinx inspired content. Make sure to tune in to the Work Mija podcast and listen to more inspiring mujeres.